Everyone has that one goal, that thing they want to prove, not to other people, but to themselves. Then right when you think you could actually do it, cancer. And that goal is still within reach. I would know. I'm about to run my first ever marathon with my two best friends. Three years after having cancer. At least we look good in these shorts. Woo! Let's get it, guys. You, keep making plans. Visit ohiohealth.com slash keep making plans to learn more. Hi, this is Greg Kilstrom. Welcome to season three of the Agile World, where we discuss customer and employee experience, organizational and workforce transformation, and how business can adapt and continually improve in an agile age. The Agile World podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full stack technology services, talent services, and real world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed in this show, you can go to my website at theagile.world and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile World podcast. Today, we're going to talk about leadership, employee, and patient experience in the healthcare space and how the healthcare space poses unique challenges and opportunities in these areas. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Tracy Courtney, Director of UPMC Experience and Project Management at UPMC International Training Site. Tracy, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Greg, for um, having me today. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to talking with you uh, about these these important topics. So let's get started uh, by talking a little bit about your current role at UPMC. So just to introduce everything, why don't you give a little background on what UPMC is, uh, what you do there, and just where UPMC, how, how it differentiates itself in the space? Well, UPMC is a world-class um, healthcare system. Uh, we have domestic hospitals and spaces um, in New York, Western Maryland, and in Pennsylvania. And additionally, we are um, have a presence in Ireland, Italy, and starting um, in China in 2023. So, but we're a healthcare system that provides quality care. Our mission is to provide um, patient experience that is world class employee engagement, and leadership development. My piece in um, UPMC, my role is I'm the director of UPMC experience and project management for the international division. I'm also involved domestically, um, as well as providing support for what we call the UPMC experience. And the UPMC experience is all about leadership development, employee engagement, and patient satisfaction. So um, that is our mission, and that is my charge and what I'm doing um, in taking the UPMC experience to our international sites in Ireland and Italy, and then eventually in China. And what was the path that you took in your career to get to this position? I, from talking with you earlier, I know you didn't start out in uh, patient experience per se, but what, what kind of led you to this, this path? Well, my career path is... is not the norm. <laughs> I was in education for 25 years. I was a classroom teacher. Um, and then I decided to leave the classroom, not because I did not love my job or love education, but I always had a personal goal that I wanted to make a bigger difference with the skill set that I had. So then I took the leap from um, public and private education 
And I went into corporate education and worked for a publishing company. And I was the manager of professional learning. And in that role, I supported um, account executives. I met with stakeholders. I had 20 employees, consultants that I managed. I also um, did presentations at certain conferences um, that were, um, I wouldn't say international, but domestically, um, just speaking on um, what I did in my position because I was identified as um, one of the top leaders as far as um, the Mid-Atlantic region. So from that point on, I decided that um, I wanted to jump into healthcare. And because I noticed there was such a similarity between what I actually have been doing all my life with educating children and then educating adults and then developing my business acumen, um, I took the leap and I applied for the job that I did with UPMC. And I was fortunate enough to um, uh, get that job. And here I am today. So what I've done, it, if you look on my resume, it looks like, oh my goodness, she went from education to healthcare. But actually, um, as we spoke before, there's a lot of alignment, believe it or not, as far as just educating people and making sure that you do it in a professional way that can help um, for the greater good. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I, I do, I agree. I mean, there's, there's, I, it's always interesting to me how people kind of find their way into these, these related areas. And I, I agree with you. I think the education component is, is, uh, can be very relevant. Um, and so let's, let's talk then about the healthcare industry and, and patient experience. And what, what do you think are the biggest challenges in providing great patient experience that are specific to healthcare? I, I thought a lot about this question as far as um, what do I feel is the greatest challenge. Um, patient experience is not something that is difficult. Um, it's really going back to the basics of providing uh, kindness and really providing communication. And there's key strategies and behaviors that best practices that I teach and I support to be able to provide that patient experience. But one thing that I know that is a challenge in the healthcare space right now is the shortage of healthcare workers. And um, that's difficult because what happens then, you know, nurse to patient ratio is normal. It's higher than what it normally is. Um, Retention is difficult because of the pandemic. So right now I know that is a challenge. Um, I can speak on UPMC's behalf as far as they are dedicated and determined that this does not um, impact their patient care. So, um, it, I, but I know, you know, uh, throughout the United States, this is, this is a challenge. But um, I'm happy to be a part of UPMC and knowing that they're so committed in making sure that um, this challenge is not impacting their care. But I, I do have a personal story that I could, I'd like to share, though. <laughs> sure, yeah, please do. So about a week ago, I had to experience um, patient care myself um, through my daughter. And I had to go into a local hospital that is not a UPMC hospital. And um, it was very difficult for me because I was trying to just put on my mom cap and not my professional cap. But I walked into the ER 
And um, I had no idea what room my daughter was in. And I had asked a nurse and she pointed and told me, you know, go around this corner, make a left, make a right, make a right. And first thing in my mind is what we follow is we escort, we don't direct. Something very simple. Because when you're in the hospital, you have anxiety, especially the ER, because you're there for a reason, something unexpected happened. So that was the first thing. At UPMC, if you are lost or need to a room, you're escorted, you're not directed. So then I finally found my daughter and I walked in and it was during uh, a shift change. And something that I'm, one of the best practices is bedside shift. And that's just communication with the patient, the nurse that was on, um, on duty and carrying over the care to the nurse that's coming onto duty. I did not see the bedside shift. Um, I barely got communication as the mom. I had to ask questions. Um, There was not what we call a white communication board. Um, I just saw, and I appreciated the strategies that we use in best practices. The communication was just not there. Um, And then my daughter had to use the call button and we waited and we waited and it was 10 minutes before anyone came. And so again, that's something that's, you know, really just not acceptable. Um, And that's all little things that make a difference in a patient's experience. Um, You know, as we left, I was just, it it was just lack of communication. I could tell that the nurse did not fill the doctor in when they came in to discharge her. So I I go back to saying, you know, I I saw this personally, (laughs) it was difficult. But these are just simple best practices that you can use that you make the patient experience um, one that gives you quality patient care and uh, and wait time, you know, simple things like that and communicating your wait time. So it really made me reflect on all the work that we do at UPMC and being thankful that we are doing that for our patients and the quality of care that we give. Well, so as a, as a comparison then, you mentioned a couple things that might have some metrics associated with it, but right. how do you measure success in, in your efforts? Well, um, we have different surveys. Um, we use what's called My Voice, which is an employee engagement survey. Um, and then we also um, have HCAP, the HCAP surveys that go out to patients um, that's closely monitored. And we really uh, focus our efforts on where our strengths are and our weaknesses are. And we use the data to be able to grow from that. And each hospital is different. So it's not a one size fits all, but we use the actual data to be able to drive um, our results. So, and we do different things, Aura surveys, different surveys that are, um, that give us that information to know if we're reaching success to what our, our goals are yearly. What I've seen is, and, and I know when we talked before the, the show, we talked about this a little bit as well, is leadership buy-in is, is so key to making change happen and, and keeping change uh, continuing to happen and, and things like that. Um, how have you uh, successfully gotten leadership buy-in for your efforts? And, um, and do you agree in, in the importance of that? Um, first of all, I do agree uh, 100%. I've personally 
experienced it working with the domestic leaders and the leadership and what they've accomplished since they've instituted the UPMC experience, which was three and a half years ago. And um, we're successful. And the reason why we're successful is because we have such strong leadership and the leadership and the charge from the top, so to speak, below um, is so important because you are showing support and that you are um, you have a buy-in into the program. And that's why it's been successfully successful domestically. Now for us to do the buy-in internationally, we have my team, we've had to show the value and what we're doing and showing the results of the success of what we've been doing domestically. Now it will look differently um, internationally and there are challenges with language, cultural differences that we have to um, keep in mind. Uh, This has never been done before what we're going to be doing. And so we're working through the kinks, but there are differences. But um, the leadership, the executive team has 100% buy-in and they're very excited about bringing this project to their hospitals. Um, And showing the value was probably key. Um, And the work that we have done, we're fortunate that we've been able, we can show the work that we've done domestically. So that also helped. Um, It's just so important to to the leadership to understand the best practices, the key behaviors, and to demonstrate those. Um, And it's proven to show success. When you're proving the value to the leaders, um, are you using the those metrics of success you mentioned earlier, are there other things that they're looking for? I know there's a lot of people out there struggling with demonstrating success so they can either get, you know, continued investment, continued buy-in and all that. So, you know, anything else that you could share that might be helpful with others in, in a similar space as you would be, would be wonderful. Some of the surveys that um, we will be using internationally, um, well, for example, HCAP scores, uh, that they're not used um, internationally. That's just something that's in the United States. Yeah. And that's uh, HCAP scores is actually derived from our government. Um, and it's linked to uh, Medicaid and Medicare resources and funding. So, but it's a, it's a very strong metrics that we do use in the United States to measure the quality of care um, for our hospitals. But internationally, we have to use different matrix. Um, we're actually developing those as, as we continue to move forward with the um, project. So we will have to customize what we feel we need to do to be able to show success. Um, they do have certain surveys already in place, and we'll be using some of those as well with, with the data. So it's just, it's really important um, to be able to have that metrics to show the level of success. And one thing that is so important, and I think this is another um, buy-in that the leaders really liked, is that what we do is we va- we really validate. And we do that in every level with rounding, um, with employees and leaders. And there's constant validation. And that's another way to show um, success. It's another way to monitor progress, um, the validation tools, and also to give feedback to the employees. So 
Um, you know, we have we have a lot of different tools that we use just beyond the data because everybody knows the data is there, but there's always a story behind it as well. Yeah. So yeah. it's not the only tool that we use to measure success. As far as the the international expansion, because I think this is a really it's a really interesting component of what you're doing. Um, you know, I, it sounds like you've you've started with leadership first uh, as getting getting their buy in as well. What have there been uh, any? Uh, I know there's different privacy issues over there with GDPR and, and other things like that versus HIPAA here and and things. Have you run into any other um, unforeseen things or or anything like that? And how has how has working with leadership first kind of helped mitigate some some things that might have been challenges? Working with the leadership and training the leaders in the program that we're doing is essential because they have to understand it first to be able to cascade it to um, the employees of the hospital. So we decided to start with the executive leadership. And like I said, it's just important that they understand um, their role and what they need to do to be able to implement this program and to be successful. So that's why we decided to start with leadership development first. These are strong leaders as well. I'm, but what we're doing is we're teaching them best practices and what we need to do to improve employee engagement and patient experience. So um, that's why we decided to start with leadership development. As far as challenges, um, we did fall into some privacy challenges, but we were able to overcome them. Um, so other than we have to always be mindful of the cultural differences and be mindful of language and translation. So uh, those are two key points that we'll continue to work through. We do have translators and interpreters in Italy to help us with the language. We have to be mindful that you know the language that we use, the, the printables, deliverables, um, have to be translated into the right language so the content's not missing. So, you know, it's just an interesting piece um, and something that, um, you know, we just have to consider at all times. And then culturally, you know, their um, executive team, their leader roles are different. Uh, a physician in Italy is called a consultant. So, um, you know, it's just, there's just the cultural yeah. differences that you always have to be mindful of. But um, we're doing it. We have the support of the executive team. We have great support um, internationally um, with the leaders in our on our international team. So um, I, I, I see I see we're, we're, we're determined to be successful. So um, and any challenges that may come up, we always seem to work through them. One, one last question before we wrap up. You've mentioned a couple times as, as we've been talking here about both employee experience as well as the patient experience. I'm a strong believer that the two are related and uh, and very directly related. Um, sometimes you can move the needle on one without the other, but they're always related and at least in some in some way. As you're working with leaders, whether that's domestic or, or international, is that a concept that you find yourself needing to teach or is it more helping them understand how to make that connection more valuable or, or, or um, make strategic improvements to it or, or something like that? 
Um, I, I feel that it's just not something that I have to teach. It's, it's more of showing the value and how they are strongly connected. Um, I agree with you because if you have a happy employee, your experience is probably going to be happier for the patient. Um, so I believe they're key. And I know that that's just something that we believe in and that's our value. Um, you know, an experience would not be good if um, a nurse would say, well, we believe in what well, we believe in managing up, not managing down. You know, so if you're going to radiology and you want to manage up the, the radiologist or the technician. So that's what we believe in. And and I believe that that does help. And it is so tied to patient experience. And um, and I think that's why uh, we're successful at UPMC. Tracy, thanks so much for joining the show. Uh, for those listening, uh, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing? Um, LinkedIn. My LinkedIn profile would probably be the best way. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Tracy Courtney, uh, Director of UPMC Experience and Project Management at UPMC International Training Site for joining the show. Thanks for listening to The Agile World with Greg Kilstrom. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile World Podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can learn more and get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, from my website at theagile.world.